Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. Um, don't ever make fun of my hair, ever, especially in front of my husband. Are you going to slap me? I won't slap Wait. you. Get oh, your there. name. You get that name out of your mouth. Out yeah. your mouth. I love how he went all ghetto, right? Like, out yeah, your mouth. Was, it, it was such a, um, obviously neither Julie nor I watch this happen in real time because we don't watch the Oscars. Um, so we just saw it on Twitter. <laughs> People were <laughs> talking about it ex post facto. But and you had already been asleep for like six hours by the time. Oh yeah, I had. I was like in REM sleep, long in REM sleep, and I just thought it was an unusual thing for someone to lose their shit over because, first of all, you know if you're nominated that the hosts are going to talk about you, right? He Will Smith was nominated for best actor for some movie. I think it was HBO about Venus and Serena Williams. I can't remember the name of it, but he was nominated for to give, for Best Actor, which is a huge deal. And so hosts always make jokes. It's kind of like a comedy show. Supposed to be, well, it's supposed to be a comedy show. I mean, they're not really funny. And then the funny ones, like Ricky Gervais, they immediately get rid of. Because, you know, in order to be funny, you know, you have to be a little edgy. And the Oscars don't like anything edgy because you're not allowed to laugh at anything anymore in our postmodern times but you know he had to know he was gonna get you know made fun of or talked about a little bit and and I didn't even really think it was that bad did did you I didn't really think it was that offensive um and he snapped he snapped right into like as if someone had actually really offended her called her like a whore or like I mean, I don't know if the people who listen to Happy Hour know this. I don't even know if you know this, Julie. But, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, openly has sex with other men. They have an open marriage. And not only does she do that, but she talks about it on her podcast. So it's not. Ew. Everybody knows this. She she talks about it. So if you're a man and you're okay with that, you know, but then the line is, you talked about her hair. I don't know. It just doesn't make, it just seems an odd thing to snap over. But, I mean, it was so insane, people thought it was staged. I don't think it was staged. I thought it was staged at first because I don't believe anything anymore. Right. Um, but I don't think it was staged. And I just think he's really weird. And I, Will Smith is really weird. I think Chris Rock came off looking like a class act for the way he handled it. But today, the Academy came out with, or actually yesterday afternoon, the Academy came out and said that they had asked Will Smith to leave the ceremony and he refused, which was Mm -hmm. interesting. A lot of people were saying, well, he should have been kicked out. He shouldn't have not get his award because he did win. He ended up winning the, uh, the Oscar for... King Richard was the name of the was the name of the movie, so he won the Oscar. But people think he should have been kicked out, or that Chris Rock should file assault charges. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's a little insane. I, I mean, I I think that's. I mean, I guess he could. But like I tweeted, I wish I really had a strong opinion. But they're all psychopaths, and you hate them all. I hate all of them. I I do. I mean, they're all psychopaths. They hate America. I mean, they hate us. So, but I don't go slap the shit out of. I mean, it would have been great if there was just like a huge slapping fest. Like everybody just started slapping each other at the tables and whatnot. Be great. I think my interest is that this event has the veneer of like a sort of royal ritual, right? It's they wear these fancy couture dresses, the men and the women, um, and they're bejeweled with Mm -hmm. fancy jewels and diamonds and makeup and they spend months like drinking juice and vomiting so that they can fit into their dresses and all the stuff and it's supposed to be this like grandiose high society event and it just turned into like a bitch fight and I mean I think the public already is checked out of this I, I don't think people watch most people don't watch these movies and they don't watch the Oscars anymore. Even the dresses, I know my mom likes to watch the dresses. She just likes to watch the, to see what they're wearing. But even this year, the dress, you know, that wasn't even interesting. I think the public is kind of checked out of this, but it's like the last pretense of, um, you know, uh, this fancy event and it's just, it's gone now, right? It's just a bitch fight, (laughs) so. I do find that, I find that kind of funny. I mean, remember when we were growing up, like Oscar night was such a big deal. You know, you get together with your friends and have a little party and your parents, like when you were young, let you stay up late so you could see what movie won. And it was just such a big deal. I didn't even know the Oscars were on this year. Like I had no clue. Do you, when you were young, don't, didn't you see a lot of the movies that were nominated, I, I felt like yeah, when I sure. watch it, I had a favorite and maybe my sister had a favorite and, you know, my parents liked a different movie, but everybody watched the movies. They knew the movies. This year, I don't think I didn't see any of the movies and not just this year, but for the many, many years. So I think a lot of people don't watch these movies anyway and they haven't watched them so they don't have a a stake in it which it just kind of speaks to the crumbling culture that we have we don't have a unifying culture anymore I find this is one of the most things I find most fascinating about our modern times is just the way that we used to have a unified frame of Mm -hmm. reference in America no matter and it wasn't necessarily even highbrow. I mean, I remember in graduate school, when I was in graduate school getting a PhD, my friends and I would sit around and talk about what happened on Melrose Place. We all watched Melrose Place. Everybody mm-hmm. watched Melrose Place. This right. was back in the 90s, or even in the 80s, everybody watched The Cosby Show, or Cheers, or we all kind of watched the same things. And now, people, uh, there's stuff that wins awards I never heard of. There's cable stations and streaming things I've never heard of. Do you find that, Julie? I mean, do you find that there's less and less in common with people around you or just in in America? Definitely. Even, you know, within my own family, you know, you've got, we don't watch shows together. Um, You know, each 
they, my girls don't even watch TV. Like they don't even turn on cable. Everything that they watch is, you know, streaming or Netflix or whatever. My husband, unfortunately, is a Yellowstone fan, which I've tried to watch with him a few times, but I just find it so grating. So, so he does that. I just like, find, I'm not a show watcher anyway, but to your point, <clears throat> there is no common culture anymore. Like we used to, to your point, we used to watch the same movies. Even our parents listened to the same music that we did. Um, you know, there would be a few shows that we would all watch together as a family or with certainly with your friends, like in college. I mean, we never missed like Thursday night, the whole rundown. Of Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, there there just isn't. But I mean, I think this is it's what's happening. And I mean, I know the viewership of the Academy Awards Awards was way down and has been down. I mean, you're really seeing sort of Hollywood in sort of death throes that, you know, in in five years, will there even be these award shows? I mean, are they even going to produce our movie theaters going to stay open? I know that, uh, you know, COVID lockdowns really did some damage to the whole industry. But where is this going? My, I mean, my kids never go to kids just don't go to movies anymore. <laughs> they just don't. So if you have the whole Gen Z generation who just be happier, you know, with a group of friends streaming, whatever, getting, uh, you know, movies that are and shows that are so much are better are more well done than even these huge blockbuster movies. These kids aren't going to movies. I mean, so I, I don't know. I Fuck all of them. I don't care. Like I said, they're all psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And so moving on to a similar topic, another giant of the entertainment industry has been in the headlines lately, and that is the evil Disney empire. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, I mean, I don't, I don't have kids. So my memory of Disney is when I was a kid and I grew up with Disney. I'm sure you grew up with Disney too, where you, Snow White and Mickey Mouse, the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, I went to Disneyland as a kid because uh, I grew up on the West Coast and, you know, there was Disneyland as an Anaheim and I went to Disneyland several times. So I, I have this, just such a wholesome image of, of Disney and Disney characters and Disney cartoon, but they are are not your mommy's Disney anymore or your Disney, right? Mm-hmm. Our Disney anymore. They are um, really just on the cutting edge of radical postmodern subversion, cultural subversion. Um, And they are in the news because they are angry at Ron DeSantis, praise be upon him, the governor of Florida, who signed a bill which the mainstream media and fellow degenerates with Disney have called the don't say gay bill. I'm sure our listeners are familiar with it. And it's a bill that actually doesn't say gay. Like literally the bill does not say gay in it. And it is a bill that um, prevents any sort of sex education to children in kindergarten to third grade. So you can't have in in the curriculum you can't have a class on like gender identity. And you know that these freaks are slipping it in any any time, any chance they get. 
but you know, you're talking, this bill is talks about five, six, seven, eight, eight year olds, right? So that's what the bill says. Well, Disney really had nothing to say about this during the process of going through approval, right? It has to go through this house, it has to go through the Senate, and then it gets to DeSantis. So the bill had been a long time in the making. And Disney did not have a peep. It wasn't until Ron DeSantis signed it and their fucking crazy employees lost their shit that Disney started to agitate about the bill. And um, I think it's a weird, I think it's a suspicious that this children's company seems so invested in teaching little little kids, little kids, mm-hmm. children about sex and gender. So they've been getting smeared as they should, you know, and a lot of people are talking about canceling their Disney services. I think they, they should. I don't have Disney Plus, right? They have that station Disney Plus. Um, you know, I don't have it. I have no use for them. Uh, but they are not happy with Ron DeSantis and they, and Disney has come out and said that their their hope they're going to work to repealing repealing this bill. So Disney, which is a child a company geared to children, little children that makes cartoons mm-hmm. and and little stuffed animals and ca- little characters, fantasy characters for little children is going to work hard so that you can teach sex, education and gender to five, six, and seven, and eight-year-olds. I mean, I feel like they should be under some kind of investigation for that, because that is really shifty. Well, I mean, and this was sort of the, this is where DeSantis is sort of following in Trump's footsteps, which Trump's, uh, what Trump did really was just expose the rot, the corruption, the rot, the degeneracy in Washington and our administrative state and the people in charge and now you have DeSantis, and I mean, he he has really turned into such a strong leader. Uh, almost, you can almost sense the fact that he enjoys this, sort of like Trump did, yeah. right? He yeah. he wants the fight, like he wants these people, he wants to expose them, and he wants to keep exposing them more and more. So I think this is what he has done with Disney, and now you just see, I mean, who, what are they saying now? They're going to remove the words boys and girls from their yeah. theme parks and they're going That's to, right. and, and what did they say? They're going, and, and the people who are speaking, you've got the one woman who said what she had two children. One was trans, one was pansexual. I don't even know what that yeah. is. She said she had two queer. Yes. Yeah, so uh, yesterday, I think Chris Rufo got, someone leaked a video of an internal Disney call to Chris Rufo immediately put it up on Twitter for us to mock. And some lady I think if I'm thinking of the right thing, she was talking about she had two. She said she had two queer children. One was trans and one was pansexual. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Pan. I mean, pan. It means like all, right? It means all. Literally, like the Latin root of it. So it's like, do they like tables or trees too? Are they sexual? I mean, I don't. I don't know, Julie. Here's my question. <laughs> what are the odds that you have multiple children right. that are not just not straight or gay, but like a really f- like freakish, fringe, unusual, they have a sexual attraction? I mean, that, that 
again, not even gay, but like trans and pansexual. I don't know. I mean, I'm beginning to think that maybe it's not the children. Exactly. Parents. Maybe she should quit her job and stay home and raise her children so they're not so desperate for attention that they adopt these really unhealthy sexual behaviors or or identities I mean to have two children like that it's not this has nothing to do with being gay or straight I don't care I that has nothing to do with it you're talking about children who are acting out for a reason and then you have your mom going on you know social media bragging about it bragging she was bragging and also like talking about all all her efforts to like make more queer things like to make more gay and queer things in I think she said half like she wanted like half of the Disney characters to be gay or queer and oh my god little kids little kid look again I don't have kids so I can only refer to my own childhood so I'll ask you Julie because you had two girls when your girls were little, little when they're like five six seven I mean were they did they have like a self-awareness of things like homosexuality and sexual attraction um no no of course not it's way too i mean it start you know i mean later in grade obviously that's when it starts as we all know you know later 10 11 12 ish but no i mean my oldest daughter was dressing up as princesses when she was five years old i mean she wasn't dressing up like the prince you know, she was dressing up as Belle. <laughs> I mean, she, she wasn't dressing up like Aladdin. She was dressing up like Belle. Exactly. I mean, and so what a shame that, you know, so many girls over the past few generations, um, you know, I love those movies too. I would love watching them with my girls, but now the whole brand is going to be, is toxic. It's going to get worse and they are going to use their, power to indoctrinate not just children but idiots like their own employees who are grown adults and unfortunately parents to promote this very unhealthy deranged lifestyle that is you know just embraced by by the radical left and unfortunately by a lot of parents who think it's cool too I mean I have parents now who I know their kids are young, too young to even know, junior high, even in high school. Okay, well, so-and-so decided, oh, now he's he's dressing like a girl. He's 14 years old. Well, why? Like, that's that's not healthy. That's not, and I mean, this is what the culture is promoting. I think there was a poll out yesterday. Someone tweeted this huge jump between our generation and Gen Z those oh, who yeah. identify as, you know, LGBTQIA, whatever it is now. No, there's like 20% of Gen Z or 30% of Gen Z identifies as ABC, you know, the LGBTQI. I mean, it's it's so it's so vague versus I think our generation where you're talking about, I think like three to five percent were were gay and or, you know, the uh, the other letters um but also if you look at the other letters not just the gay or lesbian but 
that like the pansexual and the demisexual, and they have all these like really weird specific sounding sexual sexualities, which really are not that different than straight, but it's like, you can't say you're straight. So you have to say you're something alternative. Like someone was saying that they're demisexual and I had never heard of that. So I Googled it. Um, and it's, it's someone who only like wants to have a physical relationship with someone that they're emotionally attached to. And I'm like, okay, so a girl, like that's a girl, (laughs) right? That's a woman. That's a girl. You know, like, is that really alternative? Like, is that someone in need of extra protection against hate crimes? Or, you know, is that, is that, you know, alternative? Or, I I mean, I, I don't know, but they have like 63 genders. There are so many, it's like pansexual, like we just heard, or questioning. I think Q means questioning or queer. I, I don't, I don't really know, but I, I do think that, even if you're a 14 year old boy and you want to dress up like a girl, that's not the same thing as like having a surgery to cut your penis off and turn into a vagina when you're 14. I mean, you, you can't, you, if you're, if you're 14 years old, you can't like walk into the hospital and say, Hey, I'd like to get my tonsils out. Cause they'll be like, Oh, we're going to need your parents to sign off on this. (laughs) But apparently you can say, I just want to get rid of my dick. And they're like, okay, it's fine. You're 14, but you don't need parental, uh, approval for that but anyway back to back to your point you know kids should just not be burdened with talk of sexuality and gender you know just play play dress up play gi joe play cowboys and indians i don't are you even allowed to do that these days um you know princess (laughs) whatever play whatever but just this whole this whole world should not be foisted on on these little kids and that's what disney is doing especially by like putting it in their cartoons it's really unconscionable well here's my question what is the end game so what's the end game because you know what the end game is is more leah thomas's throughout every industry so for women to promote this this is what you're going to promote so the, the women's rights, the women's study, I mean, go anywhere. So the NFL just announced that they, it's going to be mandatory. That's one coach has to be either a minority person of color, POC or a woman. So what would stop some man from dressing up like a woman, tucking, you know, growing her hair like Leah Thomas did and applying for these jobs that are supposed to be reserved for women but now you are going to have men want those jobs, want those positions, obviously have no shame. And this is what we're going to get. That's, that can only be the long, the consequences long-term. Yeah. I think that that's something we're not talking about because the feminist movement has been entirely bought off these women's groups that are supposed to be advocating for women. Um, But they're just going to get, women are going to be, erased when you know the 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 new woman is actually a man and that kind of checks the woman's box so the the women's groups have been entirely co-opted and captured on this issue but really what what are we going to get from the nfl when we're down to like bean counting again on this and we're not just talking about the best coach the best players i don't think it affects players but you know the coach the best coaches and the best um, staff members, you know, I think, I think you're going to have more 
fallout from viewership, less identification with teams and team enthusiasm, probably someone will start another league that's like outside the boundaries of these weird rules, just like people are starting to come up with alternatives, entertainment, alternative, you know, Ben Shapiro and Jeremy Boring over at the Daily Wire just announced they're going to do children's, mm-hmm. going to make children's content. Well, that's smart. You know, I think the same thing's going to happen with sports. Um, mm-hmm. but who knows? It just depends. I read today that that the Biden administration is going to include trans under Title IX, so which is meant to protect women. Wow. See, so, I mean, that, that's crazy, yep. right? Yeah. This is where this is headed. So they're these women are they are creating a demise not just for themselves but for their daughters, which is even more sickening. So we'll see how we'll see. It would be interesting to find one of them who who has a daughter that has been affected by this, who has lost a place on a sports team um, to a, a trans. I mean, I, a trans athlete, a trans woman um, and see if they're if they're willing to sacrifice their daughters, because I find I'm sure you've seen this, too. A lot of these progressives are more than happy to, like, sing and parrot their progressive talking points and the progressive dogma because it doesn't affect them at all. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the people that don't want criminals, violent criminals to go to to jail. But of course they live in gated communities. They live in high rises with a lot of security. You know, they live in neighborhoods that are, you know, are safe. And that's why they don't care to get rid of the police. But the minute that stuff starts happening to them, they change their tune. It's just that a lot of them are insulated from from the consequences. So it would be interesting to see if if someone would be more than willing to actually sacrifice their daughter for this. A daughter who spent their life working athletically towards excellence, right? I mean, you don't get to that level in high school by just trying it one day and being good at it. You know, these are no. people that have trained for, for years, whether it's track or swimming or any or anything. Um, tennis. I mean, I don't know if there's any trans people in tennis, but you can't deny the difference between the best female player and, you know, the 300th ranked male probably could beat beat her just I mean, because there's that physical would, difference. Right. I mean, Serena Williams versus Rafa Nadal, who 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 wins? I mean, she probably wouldn't even right. score one point. She wouldn't even right. score. I mean, she wouldn't. So... <clears throat> Um, and that's that's always why we've had the, the sports divided by gender is because this has not been at any point questioned. <laughs> that, that, that I mean, name need... one sport. Name one sport where a man and a woman could compete equally. Equally. Well, physical sport, right? So yes, I, there's none. There's none. Not I don't even think... figure skating. I well, mean, you cannot. You. <laughs> oh no. You can't even, not even put. No. No. I mean, I was watching some figure skating last night. I mean, these, how these men do these, you know, quadruple. You can't, most women, unless you're old, if you're, if you're older than 16 years old, a female skater, you cannot do quad because you have hips. And these men are doing two and three quads in in one, one performance. So. No, it's it's absurd. It's absurd. And and, and the, I think the thing that really shows how this that how the women and men are not interchangeable athletically 
is that you do not see trans men competing in men's sports. That is women who have transitioned to men or partially trans. I don't know what the requirements are, but you don't see four women who are now men on the football team as a linebacker, right? Or, or a right. trans man right. playing t- tennis as a man or a trans man, you know, swimmer. You, do, you do, don't see it. Why? Because there's a reason why. And it's the same reason why the trans women shouldn't compete against against re, what I what I would call like actual women. So it's um it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. And Disney yeah. is, you know, at the center of this whole gender blender shit where they're trying to mess with kids' minds um, and confuse them with really uh, issues that are more for grown-ups to deal with. And not and not rob kids of their carefree childhood <clears throat> it's disgraceful so if you're listening i hope you unsubscribe from disney um but yes, on, the, yes. on the plus side i think some of the republicans in florida have drinking drinking from the desantis juice because they are now uh the republican senate in florida some of the senators have come out and said that they're going to reevaluate some of the benefits that Disney gets by being in Florida, namely that they get like law enforcement control over their properties, right? Like that's a benefit of Disney. I mean, Disney gets benefits by being in Florida, but if they're so anti-Florida, then maybe it is time to take away their benefits. I wouldn't you for think? sure. That's like, that's how move. it's done, right? Right. Move. Yep. That's right. <clears throat> They can move to like upstate New York, where anybody would love to go to sunny, upstate, warm New York and go to <laughs> Disney World there, you know? Go to Buffalo. <laughs> go to Disney Niagara Falls. Who wouldn't want to be there? But, you know, this is this is really how it's done. And I think DeSantis is really the first person that has played hardball with these people. Um and, and punched back instead of immediately rolled over and begged, not, you know, beg them, don't, please don't leave me. He, he should say, get it, pack up, pack it up, mouse, yeah. mouses, yeah. get out. Right. Go. I totally agree. How much I money would it cost I... to rebuild Disney World? Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Where are they going to yeah. go? Like so another southern state? Yeah. yeah. All right, Julie. So what else do we have on our agenda of this crazy, crazy news week. Are we still so, at war, by the way? So, Is still a war going on? Oh, yeah, we don't even need yeah, to talk about it. It's over. It's over. Okay. Well, so now that the war is over, we're, I, I guess we're focused back on January 6th. So the Democrats are uh, upping their game with that on, on a number of fronts, which is both the J6 mini and the Department of Justice's capital siege, siege investigation, as they call it now. So what's happening is basically these people have turned over records and documents. Of course, Donald Trump's records have been um, subpoenaed and denied executive privilege protections by Joe Biden. First time a president has ever done that for his predecessor. So the committee, just like Adam Schiff did, just like the Mueller probe, they collect these documents and then they leak them to friendly media cutouts, say Bob Woodward at the Washington Post. 
so this is what the committee did with text between Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff on January 6th, and Ginny Thomas, the wife of uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Nothing, certainly nothing illegal about their text exchanges. <clears throat> it looked like Ginny a few times was uh, delving into, say, the uh, Sydney Powell-ish territory. I think she mentioned something about the Kraken. Could have been a joke, could have not been a joke. It doesn't matter. She's entitled to her opinions. She, as you know, I mean, you know, she's an independent woman. She's been a conservative activist for decades. Um, she wasn't trying to get Mark Meadows to do anything illegal or untoward, but they leaked these text messages and then uh, packaged this up as it was something nefarious. And then by extension, suggesting that Clarence Thomas himself is compromised, he should recuse himself from any lawsuits related to January 6th. Uh, and so the smear campaign is on to destroy the Thomases using the pretext of January 6th, which is, of course, you know, what the Democrats are, are doing to everyone. So that's where that is. What are your thoughts on that, Liz, on those texts uh, and going after them? I mean, this is just harassment of Ginny to get to Clarence Thomas. Um, but let's just back up, right? What What's the end game here? Well, first of all, I'm pretty confident in saying that Clarence Thomas is not going to recuse himself, nor is he going to resign from the Supreme Court. The Democrats do not have the votes to impeach him, to get rid of him. To impeach a Supreme Court justice, you need to, again, it goes to the House where they do articles of impeachment, and then it would have to go to the Senate to convict. I can absolutely guarantee you that will never, ever, ever happen. I mean, I don't know if the House wants to do it, but it's not going to go, certainly won't go anywhere in the Senate. Um, so Clarence Thomas is not going to be impeached off the Supreme Court. Clarence Thomas is not going to recuse himself. He's not. So what no. is the purpose? Well, part of it is harassment, okay, of Ginny, who is no secret, is it been a conservative activist. Um, she's allowed to talk to Mark Meadows. Um, and so the messages are fairly benign. It just sounds like somebody who's frustrated with, with what they're seeing and they're telling Mark Meadows that the public supports is, is, you know, is on the same page as her, that they are suspicious that there is support to contest the election. Is that illegal? No, I don't think it is illegal. Um, you know, what, what power did Mark Meadows have? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we all know how it ended up. So obviously he didn't wave his, she, he didn't, she didn't make him do something that's illegal or untoward. It's just right. that, you know, she was like many people felt like there was something very, very wrong with the way this election was conducted. <clears throat> so I think, that part of this is to torture Ginny for being an activist, as she has been for 20 years or longer than 20 years, but also to set an example for other people, which is like, this is going to happen to you. <laughs> because even if they don't get Thomas off the Supreme Court, which they won't, and he, he's not going to recuse himself, um, you know, they want to let other people know what the cost of doing conservative business is, mm -hmm. right? which is this. Because... <coughs> excuse me, there, there is rumblings that they're going to call her before the, their illegitimate committee, their unconstitutional no illegitimate committee, 
and um, you know they have no they have no uh, reason to do it. In other words, the texts, many of which you could read in the articles when they wrote about the exchange, are just like a basic conversation that some people would have over political events where they're passionate. But there's nothing criminal about them. They don't mention anything criminal. They don't mention her involvement in anything remotely criminal. She certainly wasn't involved in any of the events. So if there's no pretense to call her before the committee, why are they calling her for the committee to ask her about why she texted Mark Meadows? What? How is that a criminal matter? Like, how is that a matter of congressional? You know, I mean, she she really didn't that I've seen that have been written about. There's nothing in her text messages that suggests that she was involved in in anything that is under criminal investigation. So why are they calling her? Well, again, it's the process is the punishment. It costs at least $100,000 to get a lawyer on retainer to deal with this. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to call her. I can say that if Liz Cheney signs off on this, she's already in trouble. I'm not sure that would be a smart move for her if she thinks that there's any chance in hell that she'll retain her house seat. Going after Clarence Thomas's wife is not going to fly over in Wyoming very well for her reelection, but you know, who knows? Maybe she's just given up and she's just gonna go down. You know what I mean? She's gonna take everyone down with her. I don't know. So I just think it's just more of the same from these uh partisans. So what what do you, so, what do you think so, about yes. my, my ideas? <laughs> about what? I said, what do you think about my theories? <laughs> they are all spot on, Liz. They are Thank all you. spot on. But um, no, the process is definitely the punishment and they're going to force people. I mean, they're, they're, they've already said that they want to interview Ginny Thomas. If she declines, they will pursue a subpoena. If she you know, rejects that, they'll do what they did this week, which is vote, <clears throat> vote to keep, um, to hold, well, send uh, criminal referrals to the House to vote on um, contempt of Congress charges for Dan Scavino and Peter Navarro. They already have those charges against Steve Bannon. Um, and I think the House is still considering the ones for Jeffrey Clark. Um, one more person who evades me. But, um, oh, but Julie, Meadow, what happens? Like, if you are held in contempt of Congress, then what happens? Like, what's the concept? Like, do you go to jail? Well, it's a, I think it's a petty offense. I think it's maybe, I mean, I think it's a misdemeanor. You go to jail for up to a year. Um, so, Obviously, Bannon okay. is fighting it. I would assume the others are, will fight it as well. Um, so this is just lawfare. Oh, yeah. No, I think um, it's a spectacle. It's to get headlines. But but taking a step back, I know you are covering this so closely. You're probably the single human being that has the most like January 6th knowledge um, in on the planet. But I I have yeah. to say, I do not think... I do not think the general public cares about this. And I don't, I mean, I know that certain people on the right care about it and certain people on the left care about it as like a political tool. Mm-hmm. But like, does the average person, are they more worried about the 20% increase in their groceries? I mean, do you think that this is a winning campaign issue or do you think this is a winning political issue for the left to keep pursuing? Or do you think that this is just a way to, um, 
it could be both, I guess, as a way to like increase their power by pretending that there's a, like a threat, a grave threat facing their security. I mean, I, they definitely think that this is a winning political issue. That's why they're going to ratchet this up. Apparently, they're going to hold more public hearings. They had enough, They had one this week. I don't think really anyone paid attention to it, except losers like me who are covering it. Um, but they are going to ratchet this up over the summer. I think they're going to issue um, a preliminary report over the summer, then another report filled with policy proposals, um, to make sure this insurrection never happens again, uh, which will, of course, be all kinds of new laws related to codifying what happened in 2020. So that is their that's their game plan. Now they're also going after. They're suggesting, you know, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and now Madison Cawthorn that they're compromised and under the 14th Amendment they should not be allowed to run for re-election. So this is how I guess they think that they can malign Republicans who are up for re-election because they know they're going to lose dozens of seats. I saw one projection, yeah. I think at least 60. So I mean, their, I their time is up. They're like, they have a clock. They are on a clock right now because they have to do as much as possible before they get th their fucking ass handed to them in November. That means they have to have all their show hearings and that assumes that whatever whatever um, display they put put on for the public is going to outweigh the people's concern about inflation, gas prices, energy. Um, right. That the you border, have to. I mean, everything. Yeah, you're making a, a a calculation, right? That that people that enough people care about this more than the people affected by inflation. And I don't, I think that's a terrible calculus to make, but it really, it's all they have. It, because they certainly can't campaign on the policies that got us into the bad economic situation that we're in already. Um, but so they have to move. They've got to do as much as possible and hope that, that it is, will persuade voters to, I don't know, like not come, you know, not punish them as, as, severely in the in the ballot box but at the same time they run the risk of looking very cavalier like they're going to hold a contempt hearing on steve bannon and somebody isn't able to buy groceries you know or they have to buy less groceries or they can't drive as as you know as much because their gas is 20 percent higher you know i mean it almost looks kind of decadent in the face of actual real day-to-day -day problems that the people are facing and that this is how the Democrats are choosing to spend their their uh, their time, their legislative time. I don't know. I think it's gonna well, work. And then the big question is, what are Republicans going to do when they take control of Congress? Forget the Senate. Right? Nothing. They won't do anything. They're going to do anything. What will the House do? But I mean, so I wrote about that that this week for American Greatness. Kevin McCarthy has come up with a few areas that he's going to promise to investigate the southern border, the withdrawal of Afghanistan. Those are commendable. The TSA spying on T Tucker Carlson. No, we don't need to know about that. There are a few other just lame ones. But if they don't take this January 6th committee, redirect it 180 degrees, use the same powers, staff it with criminal prosecutors, just like. Uh, Benny Thompson has done with this committee and force, 
you know, testimony, compelled testimony, everyone from Nancy Pelosi staff, Muriel Bowser, everyone involved, produce all of these documents and records and reports. Nancy Pelosi is off the hook. Benny Thompson said anything related to what she did, she's she's off limits. Well, why? So they need to retool the January 6th committee and take aim and do the same thing to Democrats that is being done to Republicans. Will they do that? No, not. no, they're not. I think what they'll do is they'll make some um, sort of hollow gesture um, with some chatter, right? They'll talk and then the uh, cathedral, the DC cathedral will have pearl clutching sessions, headlines, Twitter freakouts, and they'll get scared and just start walking back and nothing will happen. So I don't think I well, don't and you're think you're also going to have Republicans. You'll have Republicans like Mitt Romney and Ben Sass, and they'll say yeah. we need to lower right. the temperature of Capitol right. Hill. The American people want us to work together. I mean, you know that that's going to happen. Um, right. Let's not be. Let's not get hot headed. Let's not be rash. No, of course <clears throat> we are going to have our saboteurs that are on quote our side are going to undermine these efforts. Um, and the more like rhinos, establishment rhinos in the house, they're gonna urge McCarthy, be cautious, be judicious. So nothing, mm -hmm. nothing, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen. And I think that is going to push people even more to be even more extreme. You know, they're we got Trump because the GOP failed to fight for the interests of their voters for many years, right? This didn't just happen in one year, five years, or even 10 years. Um, and so the same thing is going to happen now. The, the Republicans are not just the Republicans. I think independents, <clears throat> probably moderate Democrats who know that the Biden policies are to blame for our shitty economy um, are going to vote the Democrats out of power in the legislative branch. But nothing is going to happen. The, it's going to be basically just a stalemate, and you're just going to see a lot of executive actions out of Biden. But there's certainly not going to be the systemic changes that need to happen to prevent another redux of this when the Democrats regain power again, right? I mean, the system, right. there needs to be consequences for doing this kind of thing. The Republicans need to make sure that there are consequences in the system so that there isn't abuse anymore. They will not do that. Nothing, and that is my prediction. Nothing's going to happen. Sadly, I have to agree with you that that will, that that's going to happen. Now, you know, I think going after the Thomases is a new low, and I think that it's even waking up some people who refuse to talk about this. Um, but they're not done. Now they're going. They're going to go after DOJ. Now says that they have subpoenas from a grand jury to. Um, subpoena the funding sources of what? Stop the steel rally of how people got to DC. Uh, I mean, this is also where this is headed. And of course, that the January 6th committee has already done that with the RNC trying to get all of their donors. So um, this is only going to get worse. So let's hope it gets so bad that people like Kevin McCarthy or Lee Stefanik or Steve Scalise, who really haven't said who have said nothing really 
I mean, they're upset that their friends are getting in trouble, but they don't care about the 800 Americans who have been you no, know, subjected they to don't. FBI raids. They, they don't. don't. And what's going to happen is I think that the way that, especially focusing on the funding sources, that's also a shot across the bow to Republican donors, which is that you run the risk of coming into the cross crosshairs if you fund these kinds of things. And that in turn encourages them to go to people like Kevin McCarthy and say, look, we don't want any trouble. So we're only going to fund people who refuse to like, you know, stick their head above the water, you know, in anger. Right anger the Democrats. It's a self-perpetuating cycle. It, it is. And that is that will absolutely happen already. People are getting skittish. They're not going to fund things. And the people who do fund things say, I'm only giving you this money, you know, and you need to make sure to just keep the status quo. So my head isn't on the chopping block as a funder. That's that's right. that's, that's, yes. that's that's the way it works. That's the system. It that is, is it's to stop the don't. It's shut off the money spigot to Republicans. Just exactly. uh, very dangerous territory. Yes. So. So that's where we are. Great. Well, look, it looks like we're ending on a, another happy note. Um, that's a surprise. Um, <laughs> we should try and do a show one of these days that's just all positive news. So if if you listen, if you're listening, um, you can on Twitter, tweeted us some positive news for us so we can talk about some positive things during our show since it always turns like so dark, so dark, so fast. It does. Someday. Someday. Well, no, but not today. But maybe if you tune in next week, we might. So subscribe to iTunes and rate our show five stars and then come back for next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.